Happy New Year and welcome to Season 2 of Plugged In with Diane Warren. Today we'll be discussing 2021 in review and chatting about all the exciting things to come in 2022. This podcast has been produced by the team at Good Learning Anywhere and our theme music is by bensound.com. We're your hosts, Diane Altinbalek and Warren Butler. How's it going, Warren? It's good. It's good. How are things with you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, things are good. When do we stop saying Happy New Year? Is there like a code? Is it like one week, seven days, 10 days? Uh, I think it's like once you see somebody the second time. But with these lockdowns, I'm not going to be seeing people for a really long time. So I might be saying Happy New Year if I see them for the first time in 2022 in like April. <laughs> Yeah, so April's the target, okay. Yeah, and there's also Lunar New Year, or Chinese New Year for people who prefer to think of it that way. Uh, that's in beginning to mid-February, depending on the new moon. So you might stop saying Happy New Year because of January, but then you might start it up again in February. <laughs> that's very true, very true. <laughs> How was your holiday break? It was good. It was nice to have a little bit of break and to spend some time with my kids without having to juggle workload. And they were extremely excited about their presence and extra time they got to spend with my dad. And yeah, all around, it was a good time. The announcement yesterday from uh, from Mr. Ford was a little bit troubling. And uh, we're glad that we had a good break because we're going to have a little bit of stress dealing with this now. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit to deal with going forward here. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. Um, we're actually going to uh, hook up with my in-laws soon because we didn't uh, get the chance to see them over the holidays. And with uh, with my eldest not being able to attend school and with daycare situations looking precarious in the future if the cases go up we're gonna go and spend a little bit of time with them and get the get them to help out a little bit with the child care and so forth the kids get to see their grandparents whom they haven't seen in quite a long time and uh that way i'll get a little bit of support to get some work done yeah no that's cool how was your holiday uh, it was good it was quiet it was uh somewhat uneventful we had some hockey stuff planned for the boys but that all got canceled somewhat last minute but yeah you know my, i had my mom over my mother-in-law came down separate times um so we were able to space things out a little bit so it was good uh we didn't get to see everyone that we wanted to but you know we got some good family time in we made the most out of it so that was good and yeah just tried to be uh responsible and you know, anytime we had like a group outing or we were going somewhere, just try to do a quick rapid test just to, just to make sure everyone was okay. But yeah, so far so good around around here for us. It's first week seemed like we were off for two weeks. First week, I don't know, just a lot of running around and it was just very busy. And but then once the second week came around, it just got a lot lot quieter, which was nice. That does sound nice. Uh, same thing with us. Uh, basically, as soon as uh, work was over, it was run around, get the food set up, get those last minute gifts for the kids, take care of everything we need to have at home 
in case things shut down like we were sort of disaster prepping for a lockdown and then the lockdown didn't come and we got a little bit more comfortable and then we saw cases skyrocket we're like okay yeah it's it's gonna come january so i've got to ask about your backyard during the holidays so now that we have a significant amount of snow here in thunder bay I've built a toboggan hill in the backyard for the kids, and uh, they're still little. My youngest turns three on the 17th, and uh, my eldest is now four and a half. Um, so they're little, and it doesn't need to be a sizable hill for them to have fun. And I was just thinking about all of the other people who are like hockey parents, and I was just like, oh, if my kids get into hockey, I'm going to like flood a patch in the backyard and I'm going to put a net up for them to like practice, you know, practice their shots and stuff like that. And I was just wondering, do you do that? What's your backyard look like? <laughs> yeah, you know what? We used to do that when they were probably about uh, your kid's age. And uh, we did it for a few years and it's a ton of work. Is it? It's, it's oh, it's late nights. It's because you got to be out there watering and shoveling and it's uh yeah it's a lot of work yeah so eventually we just we just stop because eventually once hockey gets going it just becomes too busy and then you can't maintain it and uh, but some of the best times we've definitely had they could be out there for hours and you could kind of leave them unsupervised a little bit and they seem to like it it's a bit of freedom for them too right they kind of mm -hmm. have their own you know they don't have a coach telling them what to do they don't have their parents all over them they can just go play which is, yeah. uh, which is pretty neat. So yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that was uh, the community rinks around our area were really, really big when I was a kid um, because every playground in the city had a hockey, had an outdoor hockey rink set up and it wasn't necessarily an official size or anything, but it was somewhere kids could go where they could just play yeah. and, uh, and just have their fun with it and make up their own versions of games. It was awesome. Yeah. That's the one thing I like about Toronto is that there's actually a lot of outdoor rinks um, all across the city. And there, and there's some that, you know, you can actually play hockey on or, but there's some, if you just want to skate, like if there's people that just enjoy skating, they, you know, they don't necessarily play hockey, but there's, they make rinks that um, they don't even have boards on. And it's kind of funny because <laughs> Sometimes through the city, you'll see a Zamboni on a trailer behind a city truck, and they're just driving it to a local neighborhood <laughs> where it could be like a baseball diamond that, you know, the firefighters just flooded the field and made this giant ice rink out of. And um, then they'll send the Zambonis out to, to help clean it, which is kind of neat. It's uh, not something you think about really happening in a big city, but they're uh, still maintaining it, which is nice. That's really good. I'm glad that they're keeping up on that outdoor stuff, um, you know, especially for how much kids have lost, you know, indoor play uh, gyms and things like that. I think kids are probably hit the hardest by all of these restrictions from COVID because nobody trusts them to follow rules and some of them are too young to get it and so forth. So I'm really, really glad that they're doing the maintenance on the outdoor play areas to try and keep something for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So 2021, what a year. There was a lot that sort of changed. And I'm kind of wondering about our programming. Um, you know, there is, we're kind of constantly adapting and so forth. So what kind of stuff, like, was it all pandemic affected? Like, what kind of stuff changed for us in 2021? You know, like, I think there was a lot of positives. And I think there was a lot of good things that happened. You know, if you can take anything from the pandemic, 
um, our program actually did quite well. Like we're about four months, we're about four months ahead of our, our plan and our commitments to the ministry and being able to follow through on everything that, that we've done. Um, but the one thing that kind of stood out for me is, all right, I, I tend to maybe look at the numbers and the reports in a little bit more detail, but one of the things that stood out was during these lockdowns and shutdowns and pauses or whatever we want to call them now. Um, unfortunately for us, we saw a big decline in learners coming from local community uh, literacy and basic skill programs mm-hmm. and they had to close their doors. Right. So we lost a significant group of learners that did not have access to technology. They rely on these community programs, their local libraries, um, you know, other different initiatives that are out there just to get access to the internet so they can sign on for a class with us for a couple of hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, we lost a lot of those learners who have patiently been waiting for things to open up and hopefully they do come back. But I think we also connected with a completely new group of learners that we haven't done a lot of work with. And I think that's mostly been people that were able to work from home or they were granted some technology um, that they could use at home. And people were looking for things to do, you know, ways to stay connected, try to learn something new. And, and I think that's where we came in and we kind of filled that need for a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. There were a lot of people who were periodically out of work that had goals for ongoing adult learning and didn't get the chance to. So one benefit to them was they finally had the time and we were still available. And that was a really, really nice thing for them. But um, yeah, it was a real kick in the pants losing so many of our learners that either don't have equipment at home or need the additional assistance with some digital literacy skills so they can access and so forth. And uh, frankly, there's like a handful of learners that I miss because they were a joy to work with and we don't have them any longer without that. And I really, really hope that this is an eye opener for some people in some various government agencies about the problems with digital equity in the province and across the country. It would be nice if they would see how many people are really, really badly affected by the loss of community centers, public libraries, learning centers, um, college annexes and so forth that help these people out and what an impact it is to not have internet at home and to not have access to affordable devices to access internet. So I really, really hope that, um, that, uh, there's some support for that in the future. Yeah. And, and there, I think there definitely will be, but I think as you and I both know, we've been at this for quite some time and, you know, actions speak louder than words. There's a lot of, you know, promises and, and things that people want to do that sound really nice. But at the end of the day, it's, I, I think we need a bit more action, uh, fewer words, more action. And uh, it's, there's a huge gap right now. And, you know, even we'll see right now, you see a lot, you hear in the news, there's a lot of businesses, a lot of industries that can't find employees. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I think people are out there. It's just, they don't have access to the internet to find out where these jobs are, or they want to go to the, the local job bank, but that's closed. So there's a lot of other barriers in the way, I think, that are preventing people from accessing services. And I think there's like a ripple effect. I, I think it's going to impact the economy. Um, you know, there's companies that, you know, could definitely go out of business. That's just, you know, that's a reality. Yeah. And there's so many that already have, but you know, another thing there's, there's a lot of variables with that too. And there's, you know, there's things like people are starting to realize what their own entrepreneurial capacity is and so forth and starting to reclaim a little bit of independence. They don't want to work part-time jobs with no benefits for very little money to get by with. And the climate is changing and we have the uh, digital landscape to thank for that as well. And COVID has made a few things very, very apparent. And uh, I think that um, employment standards are going to have to come up a little bit, especially regarding minimum wage and um, putting a few more mandatory things into place to make sure that people's health, uh, extended health and dental, uh, optical coverage, mental health coverage and everything are more taken care of. Um, I know that it's really, really troubling to see employment shortages and so forth, but I'm also glad that people are standing up for themselves in that regard for the people who are taking that stance um, when it comes to securing themselves better in the workplace. And we do have a minimum wage increase that's coming. And, you know, that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's a start. And, and I think what, what I'm hoping will happen is like what you touched on before is with employers being able to offer more of a comprehensive benefit package on top of, you know, a reasonable wage. And so if minimum wage is, is $15 an hour or whatever that's going to be right now, well, what about, what's the value of having a benefit package that goes along with that? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping people will not just look at a, a dollar value when it comes to minimum wage. I, I hope they're looking at what else comes with it. You know, maybe you can work more hours during the week or, you know, maybe it comes with a, a signing bonus or maybe you get what other benefit they can offer mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to entice people to, to come work for them. Yeah, I think there's I- more to it than just a wage. For sure. I don't think that for the majority of people that it's about wage, I think it's about their quality of life. It's like, yes, you need food on the table, you need your bills paid and so forth. But there's other ways to secure those sort of things besides just a black and white paycheck. And uh, that's why I was bringing up benefits because um, if people don't have to pay out of pocket for certain expenses, well, then they don't necessarily need all of that but um because there isn't really a ton of support or subsidy for businesses to entice them into paying for benefits and so forth then it really really does come down to wage because people have to pay for things themselves yeah exactly and you know when we're talking about health and wellness as well if people don't have a benefit plan no matter probably what they're making they're probably going to be very leery about spending that money Mm -hmm. to purchase their own health benefit plan. 
Um, and that, and that's a concern, right? So it's, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a fine balance. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think we're, we're paying a little bit more attention to it. Is there room for improvement? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, for but, sure. Uh, but hopefully this will help. Like, hopefully this is a good start and then we can see where it goes from here. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, if people decide that they want to take their labor into their own hands and, uh, you know, take a more entrepreneurial approach, we have a lot of different skills and stuff like that, that we can teach them at Good Learning Anywhere. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, that's another one of the highlights, I think, that we had this year was we, we came out with a lot of new courses, but even like on the employment side of things, we have like a really good range of classes for anyone that's looking for something that's related to employment, whether they're changing careers or, you know, they want to enhance some skills, you know, courses like creating a resume or even just exploring careers in retail. That was a new one that we, that we started in the summer uh, that was developed in the summer, I should say. And, um, you know, there's a demand right there where jobs need to be filled and maybe it's not for everybody. But, you know, for a two-hour class to kind of give you a brief overview of what that might look like is probably a good good investment in time. Yeah, and it's not just the retail. Like, we have the Explore Careers in four different, four different sectors. We've got aviation, mining, manufacturing, and then the retail, as you said. And, yeah, two hours of your time to explore that and see what it's about and maybe, you know learn something about that field that might be of interest to you. It's not a lot of time for each of those. And the other, the other class that, uh, that's done well is the, the AZDZ truck driver's license course. I'm so excited for that one. That one starts this year. Yeah. That one's starting this term as well. And what's really interesting about it is, is again, you can make a very good career in that industry, in the transportation field. And why not just spend a few hours in advance learning about it before you invest all your time and energy and, you know, taking paid classes and certifications and going through that whole process where you could spend a couple hours, really understand what everything is involved. And, uh, and then you can kind of make your decision from there. Yeah. And the other side of that too, is you may not have understood much about that career sector and you might've thought that you weren't interested in it, but taking a couple of hours to learn a little bit about it, you may find that it is something that's a good fit for you, or it might be a good fit for somebody else. And you could say like, Hey, I took this course at good learning anywhere. And I learned a lot about these five different career sectors. And maybe this is something that you want to look into. It was really like at the end of the day, is there anything to lose? No. So if someone takes a class with us, they're free of charge. Really, all you need to do, all you need to be is a, a resident of Ontario and age 19 or older, and it's risk-free. Um, there's really no risk involved. The only thing that, that we're going to ask from you is your time. <laughs> so we're going to ask you for a few hours uh, to explore the course. And at the end of the day, if someone walks through it and it's not for them, you've kind of actually made some progress because that's something you can check off the list and say, hey, you know what? At least I looked at it. That's not for me. I think I might be more interested in this. Absolutely. That self-exploration aspect of it is definitely very, very important when you're exploring a potential career. Yeah, no, for sure. 
Another one that I was really excited about that was brand new this past uh, term is the Mental Wellness at Work series. Um, so it's not just about learning a skill and putting it to work. It's also about how to take care of yourself in the workplace. And, you know, it, it helps your health, it helps your productivity, it keeps you safe, it keeps people around you safe. Like good mental health is extremely important. So I'm really, really happy to see that we're offering a course on that now. Yeah. And there's a whole series of, of mental health and mental wellness classes that we offer. Um, you know, some look at it from a different lens, um, but there's a lot of tools and resources and that, that are out there. And, and I think especially now with, uh, again, these shutdowns, lockdowns, pauses, restarts, we, we're getting pulled in a lot of different directions and it's mentally draining. It's exhausting at times. Like, you know, here we are now, we're, we're trying to record a podcast and, and, uh, and kick off the new year. But I'm sure between the two of us, we have a lot of other things that are running in the back of our, our minds, just like everybody else. So it can be a distraction, right? And, yeah. uh, and we completely get that. And, and I think that's why we came up with these courses. There was a huge need. People were talking about it. And I think we've been able to fill that gap for people, which is, which is neat. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice being a part of something positive during all of this, uh, all of this ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Oh my gosh. So I got to ask, what's the thing that you're most excited about coming up this year? Very good question. You know, the one thing that I'm probably the most excited about is it's going to sound weird is, is, is actually recording our podcast. And I know we started this last year, I guess we can say last year, May 26th, and, uh, <laughs> May 26th, that the day. So yeah, yeah. So we're, you know, we're only really like six months into this and I think we've learned a lot and the podcast's done well. We've had great guests, lots of great conversations. And I think I'm most excited because it didn't fizzle out. You know, sometimes when we start these different projects or it could be a class or whatever it is, you, you think something's going to take off and it doesn't, but I'm finding that this is really, it seems to be sticking. Um, people are interested about it. You, you, I think we're seeing other programs within our field are starting to uh, create their own podcasts, and which I think is very neat. I think that's a huge compliment uh, to what we're doing here. And so for me, I just find that inspiring. I think we have a long way to go. I think we have lots to learn still. Um, and I'm very curious to see where this takes us. I'm really, really excited for this too. And uh, what's really interesting is that um, not only do we make it past the three episode benchmark where a lot of new podcasts fizzle out. So that's when I got really, really excited about it. But we get new subscribers and new listeners all the time. And it's funny when I look at the analytics because our first episode from May 26 is still getting increases in plays. So people are subscribing and they're going back and listening to us from the beginning which is really really cool um it's nice to know that we're doing pretty well and it is really really interesting to see other literacy organizations put their content out too um i'm not sure if we had a hand in uh influencing that um i know that 
they started several the one the one that's on my mind started several months after us so i would hope that they caught wind of us and that we influenced it for some good but if not and they came up with the same great idea as we did then uh, that's pretty awesome too so i actually just want to take a second to shout out to getting connected because uh, they've actually had some really good content, uh, even though they're in the same field as us and they do have some uh, crossover with us. Uh, their approach to podcasting is actually pretty different, so it's been pretty cool to listen to them. So they are uh, from uh, one of the literacy orgs in Niagara, and I recommend people um, people check them out. People in our field should check them out as well as checking us out too, because uh, who knows, you might get some good opportunities to learn something or to generate some referral business and if the people from getting connected are listening i would really really love uh if we could uh connect with you and maybe we could all get together and have a chat about all things literacy and uh, it'd be great to have you guys on as a special guest so we'll see if uh <laughs> we'll see if they get in contact with us that way we'll know if they're listening yeah there you go yeah that's, that's the test but I'm I'm excited for a lot of things. I think that immediately the, the thing I'm most excited for coming up is um, January 17th, we are kicking off our sharing circle, first one of the year. And uh, we've got an incredible guest that's going to be joining us. Um, Angela Benedict from Thunder Bay is going to be doing a live paint lesson on uh, one of her famous techniques, or at least it's Thunder Bay famous. I'm hoping we can make it Ontario famous through the sharing circle. Uh, we did... It's a little silly to bring this up now, but I'm pretty proud of the fact that we did this. We put some paint kits together that contained all of the art supplies that were needed, and we did a dozen of them and uh, let people reach out to us. So those 12 people um, that managed to snag those kits uh, are going to be able to participate on us. People can still participate. They're just going to have to supply their own stuff. Um, but I really, really love these interactive versions of the sharing circle where people get to not only watch and listen, but get to use, use and engage in some materials. They get to learn a new technique. Um, I'm really hoping that they message us some pictures of the works that they've done so we can post it on the website or on our Facebook page afterwards. So um, these, these versions of the sharing circle are really, really special. And I'm excited we get to do one of these again. Like, I think they've come a long way. And I know for people listening, you're probably listening to a podcast because you're looking for a different way to learn something new. And I think we've all been to webinars where it's literally death by PowerPoint. Oh my gosh. And, you know, you want to learn something and you know, these people can come up with some fantastic looking slides. They look very interesting, but you're staring into a screen and... To listen to someone read off slides sometimes is kind of feels like, okay, why don't you just send me an email then and I can read it myself. But with a podcast or with these upcoming sharing circles, I think it's just a different way to learn. And I like that hands-on approach because, you know, for Angela's sharing circle that's coming up, for someone like me, I, I'm not an artist. I, I don't see myself painting, so I'm not going to learn that way. But for me, I'd be learning by watching and just paying attention to the detail and just really trying to understand the technique and, and what the what she's trying to accomplish. So everyone learns in different ways. So I, I think with this approach, it opens up that to everyone. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have the opportunity to address the kinesthetic learners. Um, so those are people who learn by engaging through touch and through doing the action and so forth. And one really, really big challenge with online learning is that we can do the audio and we can do the visual, but uh, it's a really, really daunting undertaking to sort of address the kinesthetic learners. And there are a lot of them out there. So this is going to be an amazing opportunity to sort of address that learning style that we may not get as much opportunity to address in some of our other courses. And the, the timing is very interesting as well, considering yep. that we're in a you know, a lockdown, so to speak, and a lot of these community programs uh, that offer some of that hands-on learning, their doors are unfortunately closed right now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the timing of this sharing cir- circle is a pretty good opportunity for people to still kind of get those outlets where they can, you know, be creative, use the other parts of their brains and Mm-hmm. And uh, and use this as an outlet during the pandemic. So uh, there's even a bit of mental wellness that I think that's included in this uh, upcoming sharing circle. I think so too. And I want to shout out to Candice who did a sharing circle for us last. Uh, maybe that was last January. It was 2021. But Candice was a caterer who came in and gave us a live cooking lesson. And uh, she took us through bannock, maple butter, and three sister soup. And that was a really, really positive experience to me because I got to um, connect through food with a little bit of my culture. Uh, I got to do something physical. The learning was nice and casual. I had something to show for it at the end. And I think that the positive experience with that particular sharing circle makes me really, really confident that this one is going to be very positive as well. Yeah. And I don't know if I've shared this before, or I don't know if we've talked about it but during candace's sharing circle at the end there was a gentleman that joined uh, a learner and the reason why he took the class was a friend of his i think she was um what's the word i'm looking for she was she was basically on her own and not able to to cook for herself so he took the class so he could learn how to make something for her and bring it to her to, to make her feel good which, which I think that was like perfect. That was above and beyond, I think, what we ever hoped the sharing circle to be. But I thought that was pretty cool. I really, really love that. Um, no, you haven't, or at least you haven't told me about that. So uh, I'm really, really happy to hear that we had that kind of positive impact. And I'm also really glad that we get to offer something that's not just formal schooling and education and so forth. I like that we get to offer mental wellness and creativity and so forth. I like how creative our staff are in delivering certain educational concepts through something that might not see overtly formally educational. Like I got a shout out to Julie. She spearheading the uh, the beading circle and again, giving those kinesthetic learners a little bit of something that they can do, incorporating creativity and culture. Uh, we've also got our indigenous crafts class, which is fairly new. I think it's a little bit better than a year old now. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, which we've heard tremendously awesome things about. And shout out to the rest of our super creative staff as well for coming up with some courses this this coming term that I'm really excited about. I'm always 
really like I'm a sociologist by trade, as many people know, and I'm really, really excited to see any sort of injection of cultural learning. And of course, that's always a goal for us is good learning anywhere because we are uh, an organization in the indigenous learning stream. And two courses I'm really excited about are exploring wampum belts and understanding truth and reconciliation. So those are two brand new ones that are kicking off this term. And I really, really hope I get an opportunity to sit in on them. I think that those are two really, really important uh, topics to talk about. Truth and reconciliation, um, that's pretty obvious about the importance of that one, but exploring wampum belts, I'm really, really interested in seeing because not only are we talking about um, an injection of culture and history, but also seeing the interaction between cultures. Wampum belts being made out of shells and so forth are an example of early Indigenous innovation because the Six Nations is not really close to the oceans and stuff like that. So obviously those materials come to them through trade networks and so forth. And then the ability to make beads out of those types of raw materials and so forth are evidence of early Indigenous innovation. And I think that even though we're probably only going to get a little taste of that because it is a live course and with a limited time, I'm hoping it sparks that interest and encourages people to go and learn more about not just the Six Nations, the Haudenosaunee, but also all of the other Indigenous cultures and explore innovation and early technology and so forth too. So that one, really, really exciting for me. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what we want people to understand, right? Is, you know, a lot of these classes, we can't cover everything. It's not like these are university level classes. We, we, we don't have a textbook to share with everybody. These are kind of more a, a micro learning opportunity. It's to what you were saying is that to get people engaged, get people excited about it, um, to share resources and, and, you know, have people go out on their own and learn more about what they want to learn. It's not something that's pushed down on people, but you're going to get introduced to the topic. Resources will be shared. And then if you want to explore it more after that, that's, you know, that's up to you and, and what you want to do, but huge opportunities. It's, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. It's, uh, and it, like, I've, I've got an example of what you're talking about here. Like last summer, I developed a, an introduction to gender issues course, which was very, very well received, uh, during its first run. We are running it again this term. I'm really, really excited about it, uh, but it doesn't, it gives you a taste. It tells you what gender issues are. It um, tackles some terminology. It clears up some frequently asked questions and so forth. But in a two hour course, it can't cover everything I really, really want it to. But the nice thing about this course is that at the end of it, we have a question period and people are excited. They want to learn more. They, they're asking me to stay on the resource slides so they can copy down those resources. They're asking about where they can go to learn more. And that's really, really nice. It's good feedback for us to get um, because not only can we look at expanding certain topics where we're capable of doing it, but we can also start fostering relationships with other organizations that are capable of taking them to that next level of learning. So even though some of these intro courses are very, very limited, there are still really, really exciting in that opportunity department because it fosters so much growth, um, both for our organization, our relationships. Yeah. And I, I love our, you know, I don't want to get too excited about our classes, but one of the great things about it is 
is, you know, after we teach a class for, for a couple terms, we gather some really good feedback. And even from the instructor's point of view, we kind of get a good sense of what's working and what's not. And then we can take some time to improve it. And that's what I kind of like is that I think we're very open to admit that we're not perfect. Our classes aren't perfect or our podcast isn't perfect, um, but we're always trying to do better. And I think that sets a good example for our learners and for the other partners and programs that we work with is that, you know, we're constantly trying to improve, whether it's uh, whether it's our, our courses or podcasts or our marketing, whatever it is, um, we're just always trying to do a little bit better each day. Well, yeah, and we must be doing something right, because uh, as you pointed out when we were exchanging emails yesterday, that Good Learning Anywhere is turning 20 this year. And we would not have the stamina and the fortitude to make it 20 years if we weren't constantly reevaluating, reassessing, looking for areas to improve and, uh, and all of that stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah. And, you know, over those years, you know, there's, there's always going to be challenges, right? We always have kind of boundaries that we have to work within, right? So there's like, there's funding agreements and there's, Basically, they're going to give us money to do something and we have to make sure we follow through on it. And to be able to do that over 20 years and still be able to manage all the barriers that clients and learners are facing that are completely out of our control and to be able to still support them and do this for 20 years. I don't know of any other online learning organization in the world that's been doing this 20 years for adults. I haven't come across it. I haven't seen it. I think we're seeing a lot more different programs pop up, but I think there's a lot of value when you look at a program that's been doing it for 20 years. I think that's pretty validating in my mind. Yeah, for me too. There's really not that many programs that are 100% online delivery and that have been able to accomplish what we've accomplished. So I think that 20 years is definitely something worth celebrating. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know what we're going to do yet. Like, I don't know exactly how we're going to get the word out. We've got a bit of time to still plan and prepare for all that, but mm -hmm. we're, we're going to share some stories for sure. There's There's been a lot of them. We have thousands of people that come through our program each year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of, lot of success stories that we can share. Can't share all of them. Some of them are, are private, but um, there's a lot of good things that we've done for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we come up with um, because how do, you, how do you do 20 years of good learning anywhere justice? And uh, I think hearing some of those stories is definitely going to give us some ideas, but it's definitely, it's a very, very uh, exciting time. And yeah. uh, I'm excited going forward and seeing what the next 20 years looks like as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I remember when I first started, we, we had a significant low number of learners that were, were coming into the program, like less than 200 a year kind of thing. Very, very small. And uh, <laughs> 200 is a small number. <laughs> I know it sounds, but that's it, right? It, it was small and we probably had maybe a 10th of the staff that the number of staff that we have now and uh we were much smaller far fewer classes to offer and it just felt like at that time we were just kind of scrambling just to kind of keep going just to kind of keep up and uh you know eventually we've been able to grow over the years and 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 secure more funding and, and hire more people uh to help us which uh which i think has been really special too yeah, I'm just thinking back to 
so my ninth work anniversary was at the beginning of December. And thinking back to nine years ago, this looked like a very, very different place. And the one, the one that stands out to me the most is Moodle, because I think that when we started, when I started, I think there was, there was under 10 Moodle courses being offered. And even when I returned from my maternity leave with my youngest son, and he's turning three soon, so that would have been two years ago that I returned, we had 15. And now I don't even know how many we have, but Moodle has been a really, really big strength for us in the past couple of years. We're adding so many courses, we're training people on how to develop in the platform. Shout out to Robin L, who was a guest uh, on the podcast back in August, I believe it was the August episode, for spearheading this and giving us such tremendous leadership and being such a wonderful support for people who are aspiring developers in a, in a platform that we weren't previously super used to. And a big shout out to everybody who's developed in Moodle and been a part of that uh, because they've generated some really, really incredible content. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, going back to when we started the Moodle classes. So think of these ones. These are the short courses that you can do independently. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they don't take an incredibly long time to complete. But at that time, when we were first starting with these, it seemed like a lot of people preferred our live classes. That was kind of our our bread and butter. That was the go-to format that people really liked. And then over time, these Moodle courses really started to evolve. And, you know, I think thanks to a lot of different people, some that aren't here anymore and some that are obviously still with us, but I think we've done a really good job at using that platform, making some changes, updating it, really trying to ensure that that user interface is easy to follow, the instructions are clear, it's accessible, and taking all these things into consideration and packaging it together in Moodle. You know, the layouts of the different courses are are similar. So over time, people feel more confident uh, working in that type of uh, learning platform has been really, really important. And and we'll see where it goes. People seem to really like independent learning classes right now. People are busy. They got so much on the go. And again, back to this lockdown environment, you know, people may prefer to just do things independently. It's an option for them. Well, and not to mention, uh, now that Ontario is returning to online learning for at least the next two weeks, like my personal prediction is that it's going to go, it's going to go at least a couple months while we get the, uh, the transmission of the Omicron variant under control. It's kind of nice having the availability of a quiet independent platform that you can work through while your child is across the dining room table attending their their synchronous sessions, their live sessions in Microsoft Teams or uh, whatever they're, uh, they're going to be using this term. So not having multiple people attending a live class and having to deal with all of that chaos um, seems like a little bit of a reprieve for the adult learner that uh, is managing parenting while all of this is going on. So that's definitely an advantage uh, to it. But um, I think our live courses are still doing very, very well. I know that there's a lot of people that do prefer Moodle and it's wonderful that we have the option, but our live courses are still um, pretty well attended. There's still a lot of interest. And I think the part of that is because of the topics that uh, that our instructors have come up with. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I've been finding with our live classes as well. It seems like 
we're coming up with more new live classes on a more regular basis. So I think we're, we're trying to listen to what people are, are looking for. What are they interested in? And again, offering these micro learning type of classes where they're short, you can kind of get in and out, carry on with your day, but you're going to walk away learning uh, quite a few new things. Um, so I think we've had a good, I don't know what the proper term is, but a turn rate, I guess we've turned over a lot of uh, courses and brought in new ones. And sometimes we've split courses up to make them a little bit shorter. Sometimes we've expanded on them. So I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good feedback on the live classes and, you know, a lot of our, our clients as well, they, you know, they're very big on oral traditions and, mm -hmm. Being able to take a live class where they have the opportunity to use microphones and or just sit back and listen if they prefer. I think it really just gives people a lot of yeah, just different opportunities to learn. Yeah. And some of our topics that give really, really good opportunities for discussion, those are my favorites. And that's another reason why I'm so excited about that truth and reconciliation course. Uh, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for people to have their voices heard, have their concerns addressed and so forth in a safe and welcoming environment with a knowledgeable instructor. Yeah. And, th and that's the other thing that I like too, is, you know, the majority of our instructors have been here a long time and everyone has a lot of experience. And if anyone knows our, our team very well, we've got a very dynamic group of instructors with a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different experience. But when it comes to the classes, each and every one of them is very well versed in the topic. They know what they're talking about. And they're also very good at just managing the conversations and managing the classroom, just to make sure everyone has a fair uh, share at speaking. People's opinions are respected and things don't go off the rails. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what I really like because, you know, some of the independent courses, you know, if there's like chat forums, you know, you got to really stay on top of that. But in a, in a live environment it's it's comforting knowing that we have the staff that can just go in take control of the class deliver the content and make sure people feel comfortable it's a safe environment they can ask questions no one's going to judge them it's uh yeah it works out pretty pretty neat mm -hmm. it's nice that we have the tools to do that so we actually change our live platform fairly often i think we're on the fourth one since i've been here i think we started with centra when i uh when i started and now we're on adobe connect 11 and the nice thing is there's so many different options for communication, which is great because now we're addressing communication styles as well as learning styles. They can raise their hand and use the microphone. They have those quick icons where they can signal us with check marks and X's and laughing faces and applause and so forth. We've got the text chat function. So everybody has an opportunity to speak up in their own way that's comfortable for them. Yeah. And, and it's a good opportunity for those two that, hey, you know what, I want to, I want to work on my public speaking skills. Well, I can take this class. Nobody knows me. <laughs> the teachers, the instructors, they're not going to judge me. So I can go into a class and I can practice my communication skills and not, you know, feel threatened or worried about it. Again, it's just going back to that. It's that safe environment and that, you know, the clients are supported in. Yep, for sure. So I don't know about you, Warren, but I've still got a lot of work to do. And even though I could sit here and chat with you forever, I think we should probably wrap this up and say goodbye. So yeah. um, any final thoughts? Yeah, you know what? I think 
you know, when I look at last year, I think we did, we did really well. We met so many great people. We couldn't do it without a lot of our partners, you know, especially contact North, the local community literacy and basic skill programs that we work with our our staff, you know, our, our staff have been overwhelmed, just like everybody else. They're (laughs) new courses, new learning platforms. Uh, There's a lot of new things thrown at everyone and we were extremely busy um, a little bit more than what I think what we thought would happen. So I think we had a really good year last year where there's a lot of exciting things happening this year. We've touched on a few of them, but I think I would encourage people to check out our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash good learning anywhere. And that's where we're going to post our most frequent updates. Um, so if it's a new class, schedule changes, updates, learning resources, whatever it might be, the odd dad joke here and there, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I think it's a good place just to kind of stay up to date as, as we uh, move into the new year. Absolutely. So find us on Facebook. You can search for us on Facebook at Good Learning Anywhere, or you can yeah. use your web browser, as Warren said, to find us at facebook.com slash Anywhere. And subscribe to this podcast. Give us a uh, give us a little tap on that favor button on your uh, go to podcasting platform, and keep up to date with us there as well. Uh, for those of you who don't engage social media through Facebook or anything like that, you can visit our website for upcoming news and events, and even subscribe to our newsletter at GoodLearningAnywhere.com. And as always, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at S-H-L-C dot C-A. So just one more reminder about our upcoming sharing circle. That's going to be our first live event before our live classes kick off the following week. Oh, sorry, the same week. Um, So if you want more information about the sharing circle, you can either email the info line, info at S-H-L-C dot C-A, or you can find that information out on Facebook or our website as well. So Warren, as always, it was wonderful chatting with you. I'm really, really glad that we got to have just a casual conversation. And I'm really, really looking forward to our next one when hopefully we can secure a guest. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I know that they will be exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. No, this was fun. It was good to kind of recap the the year and chat about a few different highlights, have a couple of laughs. And yeah, we've got a lot of good things planned for the upcoming year. And look forward to uh, seeing everyone online soon. Yes, and excited for our season two milestone. So uh, we had we got a little bit of a late start in the year with eight uh, episodes for our season one of the podcast. Hopefully we can uh, keep it going and do a full 12 uh, episode season this year. So uh, exciting things to come. Stay tuned, everybody, and uh, stay safe and happy out there, and Happy New Year. Mm -hmm.